It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. I mean, listen, guys. We're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. So our position is for us very clear, which is as a leader, which we have been bringing together the allies, working together around our collective and unified position that we would all not just prefer, we desire, we believe. It is in the best interest of all that there is a diplomatic end to this moment. Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, has been sent over to, you know, settle this dispute between uh, Russia and Ukraine. I, you know, don't you feel better? Listen, guys, she says. Listen, listen, guys. Listen, guys, you know, we are the leaders. We are the leaders. You know, I don't spend a lot of time on this because I don't have a lot of patience, and you're getting a lot of stuff from other people. I would just tell you that as it stands, Putin says he's going to recognize, he may, recognize the independence of two eastern regions in Ukraine. You have to know that Ukraine you know, was a creation of the old Soviet Union, and its roots go back deeply in the past to Russia itself. I think the Russian, the Russian story is pretty interesting. It's like China's because it's been around for so long. But uh, Kiev was kind of a central uh, city uh, of the beginnings of the Russian, the Russian country. Uh, but, you know, not everything that Putin said yesterday when he spoke, he, he speaks, of course, uh, in his own way to his own advantage. But there are, because of Ukraine has history as part of Russia, there are people in Ukraine who are loyal to Russia. And they, they undermine often the democracy that Ukrainians have, tried, have fought hard for after the breakup of the Soviet Union. So now Putin has sent some troops in. It's mixed reports. Uh, and he says he may recognize the sovereignty of two small eastern Ukrainian regions. There, here's the point. Uh, Putin can do anything he wants. Do you think Joe Biden's going to stop him? I just want to to illustrate this. I'm sorry. I always laugh when it's not appropriate. I just laugh like, like I guess, an escape mechanism when I laugh at these things. But Tony Blinken, you know, is our Secretary of Defense, and uh, he was on with uh, Chuck Todd on NBC. And I just wanted to hear this back and forth. These are the people. Hey, guys, Kamala Harris says, hey, hey you got, hey, guys, we, this could mean war. And you're, the, hey, guys, hey, hey, guys. Okay, so this is, uh, and it's not just the hey, guys, it's the unserious, paper-thin understanding of a complex situation, poorly managed. That's a probably a compliment, worse than that. 
inept, unable. So here's your Secretary of Defense uh, with Chuck Todd just answering a kind of a tough question for a change. Here it is. In your assessment, why did Putin, why is he do, escalating with Ukraine now? Why didn't he do this under the previous administration, who wasn't as supportive of NATO? Um, it, you, if you just look at it observationally, if he really wanted Ukraine and he didn't want the United States getting in the way, he perhaps had a uh, more of a, of a friendlier administration uh, in the previous one. Why do you think he didn't act then? I hope you get a chance to ask him. Um, but... Uh, look, here's what I can say. I, I, I think, and I really don't want to put myself uh, in, in his, his mind because that it's, it's very hard to do, but I think it's um, reasonable to, to, to think that as President Putin sees it, uh, Ukraine was slipping further and further away from his grasp uh, over time. Uh, increasingly Western-oriented, uh, desirous of a future with Europe, mm-hmm. uh, and as that was continuing uh, year after year, by the way, uh, largely, again, as a result of his actions in alienating the Ukrainians by seizing Crimea and um, invading via separatists uh, the Donbass. As that was happening, it, it uh, no doubt got to a point where he thought if he didn't do something to change the dynamic, yeah. uh, it was just going to happen. Does, uh, did you hear an answer to that question? Uh, by the way, Tony Blinken is the Secretary of State. Sorry. Uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken, um, how come uh, Putin didn't do this when... Trump was in office. Why didn't he, you know, stomp his feet and take over more territory when it was a more friendly administration? Because we all know that Trump was colluding with the Russians. Uh, uh, well, he, uh, well, you have to ask him that. Well, uh, well, uh, well, because there is no answer. And I want to read you a couple of things before I play something that will clarify. I don't want to just talk about this to talk about it. I want you to actually understand as best we can, as best we can, what's happening there. Keep in mind that Vladimir Putin was the former head of the KGB. He's not an honest person. He says some good things, which sound great to me, I have to tell you, but he is not to be trusted. The whole KGB system, as I've told you before, is uh, a de- one of deception. That's, that's where he cut his teeth. Uh, they twist and turn things. So when I criticize uh, President Biden, um, I'm not saying that uh, Putin is the hero in this. Don't misunderstand, because uh, he's not. Uh, but let me. Just, but I'm talking about Biden because he's our and his, you know, Vice President Harris and Secretary of State Blinken because there are people there who are in charge of trying to hold the the bullies of the world in check. So this is Putin's turn up, and I, you know, who do you think is going to win here? I just can't imagine. Well, let me just uh, say, someone sent me this yesterday, exactly two years ago today. Joe Biden tweeted this. Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. He doesn't want me to be our nominee. If you're wondering why, it's because I'm the only person in this field who's ever going to go toe-to-toe with him. It's President Joe Biden running for president. He's the only one. But, of course, uh, that's not true, and I want someone who has more knowledge than I do on this to speak to you, and that's Ted Cruz. Ted laid it out so clearly in an interview over the weekend, and we didn't get to talk about it yesterday. I just want you to listen uh, to hopefully help you understand why Vladimir Putin didn't do anything under the Trump administration. This is partly the reason, clip 18. Europe is on the verge of war because of the weakness, the fecklessness of, of, of Joe Biden. Uh, You know, I heard a minute ago Admiral Kirby make reference to that the Biden administration, I think he said, quote, 
we're still digesting what happened back in August. Joe Biden's surrender and disastrous retreat from Afghanistan is the worst military catastrophe for the United States in decades. And the consequences at the time, I said, as a result of this incredible weakness, all of our enemies across the globe are looking to Washington. They are taking the measure of the man in the Oval Office. And as a result, as I said back in August, the chances of Russia invading Ukraine have just risen tenfold. The chances of China invading Taiwan have just risen tenfold. We're seeing the first of those two shoes dropping today because of Biden's weakness. But, Bill, it's even worse than that. We had in place bipartisan policies to prevent what is happening right now. Specifically, in 2019, I introduced legislation targeted sanctions directed at the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Nord Stream 2 is the pipeline that Putin is building from Russia to Germany. The reason he's building the pipeline is that it skips Ukraine. It goes right around Ukraine. Why? Because the real insurance that Ukraine had against invasion is that Putin has to take his energy, his natural gas, in pipelines that go through Ukraine. Once he builds Nord Stream 2, he no longer has to worry about those pipelines. In 2019, I authored sanctions, bipartisan sanctions in Congress. They passed with overwhelming bipartisan majorities. President Trump signed my sanctions legislation into law, and Putin stopped building the pipeline the day President Trump signed those sanctions. That pipeline was dead for over a year until Joe Biden became president, and Putin began building that pipeline again on January 24th, 2021, four days after Biden was sworn into office. Why? Because he knew what was going to happen was going to happen, which was that Joe Biden formally waived sanctions on Russia, on Putin, and gave the green light to build Nord Stream 2. That is why we have over 100,000 troops and Russian tanks on the border of Ukraine preparing to invade. That's why we're on the brink of war in Europe. Yeah, so that's Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, I have a little more for, for you to hear from him, but let's recap what he just said. Now, let's see. I thought I thought that Trump was in bed with the Russians. I could have sworn that he was friends with Putin and, um, you know, and Putin wanted him to be president and helped him to become president because Joe Biden, as in his own words, I just read to you, was really going to hold his feet to the fire. But as you can see, with your own eyes, with what's playing out, we were lied to. This is smoke and mirrors, as is all the theater we're watching over there as they stomp their feet and talk about sanctions, meaning the Biden administration it's uh, uh, amazing. It's just amazing. This is just a big play, and we are the audience. We are the audience. And I want to just mention a practical part of this is that Putin's uh, um, Nord Stream pipeline was shut down while we had become energy independent. China was also being squeezed off. Uh, and so what did Joe Biden do? He shut down the pipeline here in the United States and has expedited Vladimir Putin's. So you you got, but but of course he's you know don't forget he's going to hold uh, by, um, uh, Putin's feet to the fire. I'm I'm waiting to find that he doesn't have any leverage anymore. But uh, gasoline prices are going up like crazy, and there was a just a refinery explosion in New Orleans that people are saying is going to bring gas prices even higher. The ironic thing in this article I'm reading about that it says that nuclear talks between Iran and global powers are going on in Vienna. The possibility exists that a new deal could bring 
Iran's crude oil, oil supply back to legitimate markets. <laughs> oh, wow. Just think about that. Just think about that. Biden has made it possible for Iran to rise, you know, like Phoenix rising, with its oil preserves, reserves because ours have been just shut off. Yeah, so that's that's what President Biden has done, aren't you? Isn't that wonderful? Let's listen to the rest of what Ted Cruz had to say, clip 19. You, you know, I finally, last month, I forced a vote in the United States Senate on sanctions on Nord Stream 2. Every single Democrat in the Senate had voted for my sanctions legislation twice previously. But the difference was last time you had a president with an R behind his name. Now you got a president with a D behind his name. When we voted, I won a bipartisan majority, a big bipartisan majority, 55 to 44. But the Democrats filibustered the bill. They demanded 60 votes, ironically, while at the same time they were calling the filibuster a, a Jim Crow racist relic from the past. That same day they were filibustering to protect Russia and Putin and 44 Democrats gave in to political pressure from the Biden White House. They voted in favor of Russia against sanctions and explicitly the president of Poland, the prime minister of Poland, the president, of, uh, the president of Ukraine, the prime minister of Ukraine, the, the president of the Ukrainian parliament all explicitly said, if you want to stop this invasion, sanction Nord Stream 2. Joe Biden came to Capitol Hill and personally lobbied Democratic senators to vote against Russian sanctions. That's why we're facing this invasion. Joe Biden becoming president is the best thing that ever happened, tragically, for Vladimir Putin. All right, so that's, that, those are the truth. What I've just told you is the truth. Uh, I, I can barely stomach the reports about Russia and Ukraine because it's all, again, it's propaganda and nonsense. And Ted Cruz just told you exactly what this is all about. Uh, you know, remember all the deals that uh, Biden's son made with Ukraine. Uh, remember that all the money that was exchanged. It's just dirty. It's just really dirty. And now America is getting the sh- you know, short shrift, I should say. Our oil prices, our energy prices, and that's because we have a corrupt president. Just plain and simple with a corrupt with corrupt and wicked people surrounding him trying to hurt this country and not spare it. Oh, there's so much news, so please stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. This is Raising Godly Boys with Mark Hancock. What's something that does not come naturally to you? Maybe public speaking makes you break out in a sweat, or you think running is torturous. Now, how would you feel if you had to spend eight hours a day doing that very thing you're not good at? That's the reality for many boys. Boys are natural explorers. When they reach school age, they are expected to spend most of the day sitting. No wonder they often get in trouble for being antsy. Outside of school hours, make sure your son gets plenty of opportunities to engage in healthy competition and risk-taking. Activities like archery, fishing, and yes, even tree climbing are great places to start. Let your boy be a boy. To find out more about raising boys to become healthy, godly men, visit Trail F USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. You can raise godly boys. Visit RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com. 
The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. When designing where to pursue your career goals, you want a university that you can trust, that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. Liberty is celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. History was made at the Ivy League Swimming and Diving Championships. Leah Thomas, a male swimmer who thinks he's a woman, smashed five all-time records, and he brought home four Ivy League titles. His teammates at the University of Pennsylvania expressed their outrage privately over fears they might be targeted by the LGBT mob. Writing a letter a few weeks ago calling for Thomas to be banned from competition, They say he holds an unfair advantage because he is, in fact, a man. Back when Thomas was swimming for the men's team, he was ranked 462. Now that he's swimming with the girls, he's ranked number one. The NCAA has sided with Thomas, arguing it would be unfair to change rules regulating testosterone in women's sports. So there you have it, folks. The best female swimmer in the Ivy League is a man who thinks he's a woman. But if you follow the science, that dude is still a dude. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. As I said, the Emergencies Act is not something to undertake lightly, and it's something that needs to be momentary, temporary, and proportional. That's why every single day I'm receiving briefings and we are reflecting on how much longer the Emergencies Act needs to be in place. We don't want to keep it in place a single day longer than necessary, but even though Uh, The blockades are lifted uh, across border uh, openings right now. Uh, Even though uh, things seem to be resolving very well in Ottawa, this state of emergency is not over. Uh, There continues to be real concerns uh, about the coming days, uh, but we will continue to evaluate every single day uh, whether or not uh, it is uh, time and we are able to lift this state of emergency. Oh, that was uh, the Premier of Canada, Justin Trudeau. I have a lot to say about this. Uh, so you heard in the news at the top of the hour that the uh, Parliament, uh, probably separated by, I'm, I'm just guessing from hearing it briefly, like, like 20, 25 votes, uh, let Justin Trudeau extend the emergency powers. So they voted and they supported him. 
And uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, by the way, what does this mean? He's talking about these emergency powers. It means a lot. Uh, and I'm going to give you some examples. This is a tweet by uh, Keith Wilson, and he says, I am representing nine Canadians who have had their bank accounts frozen and insurance policies canceled. None of them are charged with any offenses. Most had no trucks in Ottawa or elsewhere. The Trudeau government is destroying these Canadians because they spoke out. Who's next? And um, then I want to add that uh, Trudeau, in his press conference, would not allow rebel news. And Ezra Levant tweeted, Every single question asked of him today was by a journalist he either employs outright with the CBC or subsidizes through an annual bailout. Which explains the one reporter who started by thanking Trudeau. Um, I So I have a lot to say and a lot to try to get this clear to you. I want to show you exactly, though, where this is headed. This is um, a statement by, and this was on a Zoom call. Christia Freeland is the Deputy Prime Minister. We've played her clips many times before. She's a very pleasant-sounding girl who is just thrilled to take people's money, shut down their bank accounts, and... Um, Let's hear what she has to say. She sort of contradicts the uh, Premier, uh, Justin Trudeau, Christia Freeland. Let's listen. We will be putting forward uh, measures to put those tools permanently in place. Uh, The authorities of FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover crowdsourcing platforms uh, and uh, payment platform and their payment providers. so that's, that is something that we need to do, and we will do, and that needs to be in place permanently. Yeah, so there's not so much of that uh, temporary, you know, thing uh, in her voice as there was in Justin Trudeau's. And, of course, now that the parliament has voted to support his emergency orders, uh, one doesn't seem to have much of hope that they, that, you know, why would he go back to making it temporary when he can, can control everyone in his country? He's making them take a vaccine. He's controlling their movements. Uh, he's arresting them without due course, without bail, uh, charging them with s- silly things or nothing. And I want to give you just another couple of examples here of, of the kinds of things that the police have been doing in Ottawa. This clip that we're going to play for you is a clip of the sound of Rebel News reporter Alexa Laudy. Now, I saw this. Uh, she's standing by the police line as they're, um, I don't know if they were standing in place. I think they were just standing in place, and she's standing close by. And she's reporting, of course, because that's what she does. She wasn't doing anything that I could see, uh, anything violent. She wasn't pushing, touching them. She was just standing there. And this is what happened to her, clip one. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Hold him. Oh, 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 oh,
Bring her to the left here. Come on, man. Get her out of the crowd. I think it's Take her down further. Get her down. Get her out of the crowd. Oh, shit. What is it? Just burning? What, what is it? What is it? What is it? What's it's burning? Is it burning? What is it? Oh my god. What is it? It burns? It's it hurt. Okay. Where? 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 This is what's happening to the water. Oh, medic. Is there a medic? I need medic. Alright, so I'd let you hear that because that, that was as it played out. It was very hard to watch and to listen to. You heard the stick. You heard, heard the sticks hitting her. What you didn't know was that she was shot with a. Now this is tear gas bullet. I thought it was a. I thought it was something different, but it was very. They did it at close range. Right. I mean, they're right there. At what two, three feet from her? They shot her in the leg with a tear gas bullet. If it was tear gas, I thought it was more like firebomb. I'm not sure. Uh, and so that's why she's crying. She's uh, hurting. And so that's. And he's, she's a journalist, and they have also arrested several journalists because, you know, there can't be free press anymore. And if you doubt that there can't be certain freedom of speech or movement or press, here is a woman uh, getting coffee, stopped by the Ottawa police. This is clip 11. Let's listen. I just want to get a coffee, okay? Why Can is I the get camera a coffee? in my face right now? Are you, you here partaking? You walked right up now, to you're me. In the red zone? I'm scared. I want to go for a coffee down there. Okay. Where, can I? Can you, I go for a coffee? Still being arrested Pardon? right now. Do you now? live in this? No, you're I don't live here. But I, I'm. Where do you live? Alberta. Time for you to leave. I can't even go down there for no, a coffee. No, go grab yourself in the red zone right now. If you don't leave right now, you will be arrested. Do you understand me? I can't that's go for a coffee. Grab your stuff, because if we see you, we'll be patrolling all day. If we see you again, it'll be different. Leave. I'm telling you, take your away. camera and get out of here. Do you understand that? I'm walking away. Walk away. Your phone doesn't need to be in our face when you're walking I'm away. Walking away. Go. Please have my are you gonna walk yes, or are I, you gonna get arrested? I, I was Go. walking now. away. Get out of here. Oh my goodness. Hope you can go to sleep at night. All right, so that's just uh, one of the demonstrators, but it just gives you a personal up close uh experience of what they uh what they are um experiencing in Canada. And uh, one thing practical that you can do uh just now be aware that the Biden administration has been coordinating, working with the Canadian government. They were the ones that encouraged the crackdown. Uh, and I guess Justin Trudeau was wired to say, yeah, that's what I'd like to do. So thank you for the encouragement. In fact, um, this is extremely serious because this is exactly, you can take it to the bank. Do you think the FBI and the CIA and the Biden government right now, the Justice Department, would not do the exact same thing here? Really? You think you're safe just because you're, we're safe, just because we're south of that border? I don't think so. I think we're in a great deal of danger. And that brings me to banking just for a second. I just want to mention uh, this. I'll mention this one bank. I think you need to be careful where you have your money right now. And I think you need to examine. I do know the Bank of America is one of the lead banks that turned over private information to the FBI without warrants, your private, many of you, your private information where you banked, where you, uh, you know, bought gasoline, stayed in a hotel, 
anyone that came to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, they released your private records uh, for scrutiny. And that's how many of you were arrested or harassed. It wasn't that you committed a crime. It's just that you were, you were at, in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. That was the crime. That is outrageous. So personally, I think Bank of America, if you have money there, you should look somewhere else. I think a local bank, um, uh, I think some bank that's, you know, an independent bank would probably be a place to go right now. And this is from um, my friend George, Rass- George Lassley, who's with um, Conservative HQ. He wrote a whole article on this. He said, we pulled our money from the TD Bank to support the Canadian truckers. Uh, he said, most Americans probably aren't aware that TD Bank, the bank that advertises that it's open on Saturday, is a Canadian-owned bank, and fewer still are likely aware of the role TD Bank is playing in the oppression of Canada's Freedom Convoy truckers. TD Bank, for reasons that remain unclear on its own motion, sought permission from the Superior, Ontario Superior Court of Justice to freeze accounts holding funds to support the Freedom Convoy protesters. Reuters reported that TD froze two personal bank accounts and to which money had been deposited to support protesters fighting the Canadian government's pandemic measures. So um, basically, George, to recap, he says, got that? The TD Bank went to court to divert funds to the government that were intended to assist those protesting against the government. So that's why they're taking their money out. If you have money in TD Bank, you might want to consider that too. And again, I suggest you go to a local independent bank. And that's my general counsel to you. I'm not a financial person. I certainly am not qualified to give financial advice, but I just think this is plain common sense. And so um, this is an interesting piece that someone sent to me this morning. And this actually was in the Huffington Post in 2014. I just So and the Huffington Post, of course, is not exactly a conservative outlet, but I'm going to read this to you if you don't mind. It's a Daniel Dickin, I don't know who he is. He's described as a community activist, author, conservative. Okay. And so, why Canada will become a dictatorship under Justin Trudeau? The leader of that party does what he wants, when he wants, and no one dares question him. Would a prime minister, Trudeau, arbitrarily whip the vote and outlaw certain moral questions? Could a Prime Minister Trudeau be trusted to make decisions for the good of the country, not just for his personal self-worth? Would Trudeau call in the police to enforce his vision? Let's hope we never have the opportunity to ask those questions. And that's just the subtitle. So then he says, It's becoming clearer as the days of Trudeau's liberals wear on if elected Prime Minister Justin Trudeau would turn Canada into a dictatorship. This is the man who admitted he admires China's basic dictatorship. It wasn't just a sarcastic comment. He seriously said that he admires the dictatorship because they can get things done quickly. We played that clip, and um, I think you'll remember that. It's becoming clearer that Trudeau not only admires the dictatorship, he runs the Liberal Party like one, too. Then he goes on to describe several races uh, for Parliament where Trudeau uh, went in and destroyed or undermined, even used the police in one case to get um, a rival, uh, uh, get his person elected. And... um, He said, just the imagery of Trudeau's chosen candidate being selected with police intervention is scary. It shows that Trudeau doesn't just admire China's dictatorship. He would practice one if he had the chance. And so then he goes on to say, the result is that the liberal MPs, because he was the leader of the liberal party then, the result is that the liberal MPs who dare question the diktat, that's a Russian term in the old Soviet Union, means orders, 
of Trudeau are being punished. Those who dare disagree have already been punished, resigned, or indicated that they won't seek another term in office, at least not under the iron fist of Trudeau. The Liberal Party under Justin Trudeau has become a dictatorship. The leader of that party does what he wants, when he wants, and no one dares question him. So um, that's not that interesting. Huffington Post 2014. And so now we have it. Uh, we've seen it with our own eyes. And the problem is, of course, that we're seeing um, very much the same thing play out here. And it's going to play out here. We have the same mindset. They're joined at the hip, what they want. They want to completely rule, meaning Biden and his the team, the people behind him. They don't want you to be free. And, um, and you just have to know that. And if we don't fight now, we will be in the very same place that Canada is today. When they woke up this morning, I imagine it was despair. Despair for, you know, was remember it was 55,000, as I recall, trucks that crossed Canada to go to, to um, Ontario, their cap or to go to their capital. And I, and for, you know, they were so excited. I heard one person interviewed saying, you know, we've been locked down for so long. There was something so um, incredible about being together in those streets. It's like, it, it really like it freed my spirit. That's what one of the persons said. So now uh, our American truckers are getting ready for a convoy and it's supposed to start tomorrow, at least one of them. It's starting from California and driving all the way to Washington, D.C. So what's happening in D.C.? Well, the D.C. police are ready for a possible anti-mandate trucker caravan. They're building fences around the Capitol. They're looking for anything they can do to stop this. Uh, And so you can believe that it's going to be very unpleasant. And part of me really wishes the truckers had never announced what they were doing. Uh, we're going to talk about this with someone who's close to the organizers tomorrow because tomorrow is the, the day that at least one of them starts. As I understand, there's more than one caravan. And uh, I find myself kind of gripped with concern. Um, um, I just hate that. But I, I, and I'm not saying don't. I'm not saying don't. I, I was thinking about going out, actually, and, and, go, and riding with them um, because I, I love what they're doing and I support them. Uh, but we'll talk about it tomorrow at greater length and we can... We can have a conversation as we try to work through this. None of this resistance, none of fighting back is going to come without a price. And you just prepare your hearts and minds for it. Those of you that have been faithful uh, to your faith and to to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've been faithful, you've already paid a price. Uh, You have. And I I consider that exercise. You're exercising your faith muscles. And so it's going to get time. The workouts are going to get a little harder. And so um, here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming. Our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. 
To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One morning, Elisha's young servant went out first thing and saw the Syrian army surrounding Elisha's hometown. The servant was racked with fear and cried out to Elisha, What will we do? Elisha said, Don't be afraid. There are more with us than are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open this young man's eyes. The servant then saw the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire. As opposition mounts in our lives, fear not. The Lord who is in us and with us is greater than the hostility present in the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. So it begins. As predicted in this space, now that China's genocide games are complete, Vladimir Putin has launched his long-planned invasion of Ukraine. It turns out not to be a minor incursion. Rather, the Russian dictator has clearly, by prearrangement, recognized the independence of two Ukrainian provinces in the Donbass region and moved so-called peacekeeping forces in to begin the process of annexing them to Russia. This is unlikely to be the extent of what might be called the not-so-great reset. In a speech yesterday forcefully denouncing the legitimacy of Ukraine's sovereignty, Putin made plain that his ambitions extend to the whole of that country. In the absence of the needed credible deterrence by the United States, we must expect, moreover, that Putin's communist Chinese allies, and perhaps others, will seize the opportunity for aggression as well. That will end badly. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And the show tonight with some sad personal uh, news. A very dear friend of this channel and a dear friend personally, that man right there, Bob Beckel. I got a call from his son, Alex. Great, great kid earlier today that his dad had passed away. Um, what people might not know is he and I got along great. He had a key to my house. He was always full of joy, happiness, light, sunshine. He loved God and Jesus, and we miss him already. God bless you. Godspeed. Bob Beckel.
All right. Well, I wanted to talk about that just for a second. Sandy Rios back with you. Uh, Bob, of course, was uh, a, a liberal. He was the Democratic strategist, and he was on Fox for a number of years since 2000. And I uh, actually was on uh, with Fox. I was a contributor at the same time. And Bob and I would often be on the same the same set, uh, arguing back and forth. And we became friends, and I really enjoyed him, too. He's everything that uh, Sean just said. He was, um, yes, he was a... <laughs> He was a liberal. He was an old-time Democrat, and we disagreed on almost everything, but he was funny, and I used to be able to tease him, and we had great conversations and a really nice friendship. And But the reason I bring it up to you, not just because of my personal sadness that, that he's died, uh, but also I just wanted you to know, you know, Bob <clears throat> in his life had been a, uh, an alcoholic, and of course, I don't know how he lived, probably pretty hard. Um, and it was uh, through the ministry of Cal Thomas, another good friend of mine. Cal is a th- very well-known columnist. You probably know that. Um, Cal began, kind of took Bob in and began witnessing, witnessing to him about Christ. And Bob had a really incredible conversion and um, quit drinking and all of this. You know, Now, I know that the things are not always that simple. I think there were a lot of complications later. But he did give his heart to Jesus, and he did make a tremendous change. And so um, we know where he is today, and I'm happy for that, but I'm sad for the loss because I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Bob. He really was a great guy who was just had a lot of demons. You know, we, we can't uh, boast about our good mental health or our lack of addictions. Often it comes from uh, the, the, where God allowed us to grow up and the families in which we were raised or other circumstances, you know, sometimes it is our fault, sometimes it is not, and so uh, we can't, we cannot, uh, we cannot make harsh judgments because there, but for the grace of God, as my dad used to say to me all the time, go I, and it's uh, so. But but Bob is gone, and now I'm sure I know where he is, and um, so I just wanted you to know that Bob Beckel. So um, now that reminds me of something else. This is a case that I have just really neglected. Just haven't talked about it because of the volume of news that's happening. But in Finland, there's a huge battle going on, and it has to do with a, a former MP. Uh, in She's the former Finnish interior minister. She has been on trial for hate speech against gay people following comments which she says were based on the Bible. Her name is, uh, I'm not sure I will pronounce this correctly, but it's Pavi Rasenen. Pavi Rasenen, maybe. Um, she is the most delightful person. She has just got the most beautiful smile. She's married to a pastor, uh, and uh, she basically posted verses about homosexuality. Let me just read the, the charges here, if I could. Uh, they're accusing her of making derogatory comments on three occasions, including a 2019 tweet showing verses from the Bible. Uh, announcing the charges in April last year, Finland's state prosecutor said Ms. Rasanen had made comments likely to cause intolerance, contempt, and hatred towards homosexuals. The charges relate to comments she made on three separate occasions in an article published online, a radio interview, and a 2019 tweet which included a photograph of an extract from the Bible. In the tweet, she questioned why the Finnish Lutheran Church was officially supporting Finland's Pride Week. She attached a photograph containing verses from the Bible which appear to describe homosexual acts as shameful. No doubt, Romans 1. The court will have to decide whether citing the Bible can be considered a crime in some cases in Finland. All right, so um, 
she is on trial right now, and we have a clip of her explaining her circumstances, and I wanted you to hear it from her own lips. Um, and so let's listen. This is clip 12. Uh, I'm very optimistic to win the case, but I have to say that I have been very optimistic all the time. I would never have believed <laughs> that this happens in Finland because uh, we are a democracy uh, with uh, freedom of speech and freedom of religion in our constitution. And we have also uh, uh, signed up uh, to international uh, uh, human rights treaties. So it has been very unbelievable all the time that this process has continued. So you never can know what happens if I will be convicted and if my uh, pamphlet that I have written already 20 years ago or this uh, social media updates, if they will be banned, then it would mean that thousands of similar uh, writings and uh, statements would be banned. Um, in fact, Prosecutor General, she has said, in public, that if Päivi Rasanen is convicted, it is still allowed uh, to have Bibles in the libraries and to have debates and discussions about the Bible and even to cite the Bible. But what is forbidden is to agree with the Bible. And at the same time, she compared the Bible to Mein Kampf and said that they are, they have this kind of uh, hate speech. So you, you, you can't, um, you, you, you are allowed in your mind to agree with the Bible, you, but you can't uh, state it publicly. So I, I think that it would be dangerous uh, for these uh, basic freedoms if I am convicted. I would like to encourage uh, people now to use their freedoms, to use the right and freedom to speech and religion, because the more we are silent about these uh, issues, the, the narrower will be the space for the freedom of speech and religion. And that's why now it is the time for Christians to be open about their faith and, and uh, tell openly about the message of the Bible and especially about uh, the, the message of the gospel. Paivi Rasanen, oh, wow. And if you see her, she's just got the most beautiful countenance. She is a medical doctor. And she left her medical practice to run for um, uh, parliament in Finland. And as I said, she, her husband is a doctor. They have, ser they have several children. She said, I think all her children are grown now. But she's not an, uh, I don't know how old she is. She's not an old woman. She's very pretty and youthful looking and vibrant. And uh, this, I want to give you some background on this if I could. Um, this is going to be a short explanation of something that's very complex. But when Islam, when we were struggling with uh, Muslim Brotherhood, with uh, after 9-11, the whole world turned on its head uh, quickly. The, um, the very, very smart, clever um, 
leaders of the Islamic, uh, like the CARE Council for American Islamic Relations and the Muslim Brotherhood, set in motion this notion that anything you said against Muslims was hate speech. You will remember that, I'm guessing. Yeah, so laws were enacted, and uh, then this, but in Europe, it was uh, really on steroids. And so in the capitals of Europe and in uh, the European Union, they instituted these draconian hate speech laws, which we knew at the time. I, it's been so long. I wasn't on the air with you then. I don't think. I don't remember. I, <laughs> but I don't remember discussing it in the last few years with you. Uh, these hate speech codes we knew were going to uh, were going to affect expressions of faith in Christ. You could not say anything bad about the prophet. Uh, you can't say anything bad about um, homosexuality, transgenderism. Uh, it's hate speech, and you can be prosecuted by the full measure of the law. So it's just bubbling to the surface now, in this case in Finland. And uh, the, the whole world will be watching. I'm not necessarily optimistic. I mean, it's even if she if she wins, they're talking about giving rather than jailing her, giving her a, a you know a very high fine. And that's nice. It's great for her, but... This is just the beginning of what's going to be happening. And it's not just happening there. Let me give you another case that came to my attention just yesterday. Didn't even know about this. Jordan Hall is a Baptist pastor and publisher of Montana's largest and most influential influential conservative site. It's called, excuse me, Montana Daily Gazette. And he has been, uh, they're calling him a dangerous person. He's scheduled, he's been, he's had to force to file for bankruptcy because he's been charged by um, an activist named Jawart. I have to look at the, Adrian Jawart. It's a transgender American Indian activist who is a registered lobbyist at the Montana State Capitol. Uh, Jawart wears a dress, heavy makeup. He's 6'3". He wears women's heels. heels. He claims that Hall libeled him in an article describing a confrontation allegedly involving Jawart and some legislators in the Capitol. I have a picture of Jawart here dressed as a devil with horns, with an upside-down cross, blood coming from his mouth uh, with cleavage because, you know, he's had surgery. So he's the one charging. The pastors had to um, file bankruptcy because uh, it looks as though he only had $50,000 and already his legal fees are $150,000. So the uh, lawyers for the transgender Jawart were able to get the case moved away from Hall's home county to a judge named Elizabeth Best, who is, as arguably, am I reading from Mass Resistance, is arguably the most ruthlessly left-wing in the state. She has already shown her strong bias against Hall, Pastor Hall. In a recent court filing, she characterized his Gazette article as employing, quote, an offensive and ignorant epithet used by transphobic people, obviously aimed at demeaning Jawart, end quote. That's the judge talking about, the judge that's going to be hearing the case. So um, I think, you know, um, it doesn't look good for Pastor Hall, Jordan Hall. I think there's a little bit more in this. I see a picture of this judge, Elizabeth Best. I don't know who appointed her. I don't know anything about that. Uh, This is a a readout, but the president of Montana Citizens Council wrote this about Judge Best. Eighth Judicial District Court Judge Elizabeth Best is arguably one of the worst judges ever to sit on the bench. There is case after case in Cascade County of her usurping our state statutes, violating judicial canon of ethics, and a character of intemperance. 
Her appointment to this particular case is by design and of no surprise. She believes she is the master rather than a servant of the people and is not like liked in Cascade County, where there is a fervent desire to have her removed. She has already demonstrated undue bias toward Mr. Hall in statements she has apparently made, according to the Herald, which automatically disqualifies her as a judge in this case. And then I read on that the Montana Supreme Court is very left-leaning. Montana, how did that happen to you? I just don't understand that. Cowboys, cattlemen, you know, how in the world would you have elected people like that? Uh, so for you, because I'm assuming your Supreme Court justices are elected. And so um, he's going to be up for trial. Now, the one thing that might save uh, Pastor Hall, Jordan Hall again in Montana, is that he, when he filed for bankruptcy, uh, they had to stop the proceedings, and it moved to a bankruptcy judge who is called, his name is Judge Hirsch. And Judge Hirsch's reputation is for fairness and uh, following the law. So that's as much as I know. And I just wanted to tell you about that. So we have reason to be praying, don't you think? We have tremendous reason for be, pray, be praying. And I think um, also just, again, it's time to focus on where your heart is. Where is your mind? Uh, who are you serving? Are you communing and building strength from the Lord Jesus every day? You know, um, interestingly enough, in fact, I was going to read this to you. Uh, there was a study that just came out, a Gallup survey. Uh, and they polled people, and 92% of those who attend church services weekly are satisfied with their lives. Those who regularly attend church are more fulfilled with their lives than those who make over $100,000 annually. Now, we're not looking for, you know, this is not, we're looking for this benefit. I'm just telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in Him, faith in God, is the thing that sustains. Stays sustain those Canadian truckers, many of them, sustains us, is sustaining this MP in Finland, the, the, the pastor in Montana. And so draw close to find, you know, draw, draw near to Him because He is near to you. And gather your strength for the battle to come. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.